welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 10, Episode 8, titled Share, the Unauthorized Rusical. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one soporific co-host. From the Patreon side of our show, please say... Nap out of it! To Evan Ayers. Hello, Evan Ayers. Good morning. How are you? Good morning to you, Evan Ayers. I am doing very, very well. Uh, it's funny, you know, it's good, It's a good idea to say good morning, because a, a lot of our people listen to us in the morning, even though we put it up the same night as a brand new episode. They don't get to it until the morning. So it, for a lot of people, this is the morning. See, it's so. all about thought. It is about thought, a little about forethought. And, you know, speaking of, I have a list of things that I want to talk about today. Do you mind if I go through that list? I would love you to go through that list. And I want to get your comments and your insight on this. A lot of, a lot of the stuff I'm bringing up here. Yeah. First of all, we have an Instagram account now. Uh, it's, it's new. In the past week, uh, I've set up an Instagram account. It's at Drag Race Recap. So once again, at Drag Race Recap is our Instagram account. And uh, I set it up. People kept bugging us about it. And I was like, well, what am I going to put on the Instagram account? And uh, But then I realized, well, look, I'm going to DragCon this weekend. And so I've already promised people, like, look, we'll do, we'll do Instagram Live from uh, Drag Race, I mean, from DragCon. Uh, if I meet a queen that's sort of interesting and she agrees to go on, maybe we can go on, on Instagram Live at DragCon. So if you are listening, follow the show at, at Instagram, at Instagram, <laughs> follow the show at Drag Race Recap. We are on Instagram and we're going to be around at DragCon. Also, when you come out to Los Angeles, which is getting closer and closer, Evan Ayers, I know, uh, we will do some Instagram live stuff there. And now, Evan, if I gave you the keys to the Instagram account, would you actually post things? I... But yeah, I post. You'd have to. I'd have to like see the first few ones and see like what you have in mind for it. But yeah. Well, what I would like you to do actually wouldn't be hard is to post these dumb uh, memes. Oh, that's that easy. people share. Yeah, or I would love to start making our own memes. That could be doable. Yeah, it could be doable. Uh, it's something I got to start thinking about. But yeah, I, th- there's a lot I've been thinking about with with uh, this Instagram. I don't know if you've ever heard of Instagram. Uh, okay, so that's our Instagram account at Drag Race Recap. Uh, it's not obviously not at the end credits, so join now while you're while you have the phone in your hand. Uh, let's actually. What I also want to talk about, guys. We have said many controversial things on this show. Many. Oh my gosh, so many controversial things. And trust me, trust and believe. In fact, you're going to hear about another one later. Uh, that you guys make yourselves heard when we say something controversial. But Evan, do you want to know by far? What has been the most emailed about, contacted us about, reaching out to us, Twitter, email, Facebook, uh, phone, if they know me? Like, do you want to know what's been the most talked about element of this show in the history of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap? Please share. Do you have a guess, though? Do you have a guess? Um, I would guess either Valentina and, like, people thinking that we spoiled that. Okay. Um, maybe Outrage that... I was on the show instead of instead of Taylor, or that one time that you had Joey Boo Hecker on. Oh, that is a good one, actually. So no, we didn't hear. We only heard positive things about you being on the show. Maybe there was probably one who was like, "He's okay." That was the most negative it ever was. Um, in terms of Valentina, it was one guy who was pissed. Maybe two, mm. right? 
Um, no, uh, but the Joey Boohecker one, yeah. The, what you got? What you're talking about is episode eleven, season nine. We had a guest co-host, Joey Boohecker, and he was polarizing to say the least. Which is funny because I want to have him on a future episode of Rulaska Thoughts, available over on Patreon. But um, for in terms of this show, the main show, the the free show on iTunes. Uh, yes, that was. You know what? You're right. That might have given it. This might give it a run for its money. Shit, I didn't think about that. Mm. Well, right now, unscientifically, what I would say the most controversial thing that's ever been said on the show is that Jay and I didn't know what the kitchen was. Holy shit! You guys made yourselves heard. Now, by the way. 99.99% of it all very kind and positive and constructive um but uh but Jesus Christ did you guys really <laughs> you guys you guys told us and were disappointed that neither Jay a white man nor myself a white acting mexican guy knew what the kitchen was uh what i did learn now everyone everyone told us what the kitchen was so now Evan do you know what the kitchen was is the the TV show on Food Network? Yes, but also what about in terms of what, when Eureka insulted Vixen's kitchen? Oh, no, I didn't know that at all, no. Oh, you did it. Do you know what it is now? I, I have... No, I don't, and I can't wait to learn. Okay, Sydney. now that makes, me, that makes me excited, because I think there was uh, an element of either you're old or uh, you are too white. Now, you look, unfortunately, you're very white, Okay. <sighs> But, but you know, you're a young person. Jay's in between me and you, okay? Uh, probably almost exactly between me and you, actually, now that I think about it. And so the kitchen is the area, uh, like the hair and the back of your neck. Now, I will say only uh. one person told us why it's called the kitchen. Because, and for those of you who are listening, here's why. Because it gets hot and sweaty back there. But it's called The Kitchen, and I've learned that, trust me, everyone listening, you have told us, uh, and they, all the emails and, and Facebook messages and tweet and tweets start the same way. I don't know if anyone's told you, but The Kitchen is the hair on the back of your neck. And so that, Evan, is what The Kitchen is, and obviously Vixen's was very uh, unkempt and curly and messy, and thus Eureka's joke. So thank you guys for letting us know. Everyone, like I said, everyone was kind about it. There was no shade, but uh, thank you guys. for like, that, That's why you guys are out there. Thank you so much. Uh, for those of you who aren't on Patreon, I'm going to announce something to you. Oh, we need to talk about Taylor, first of all. Uh, Taylor is on the mend. He's still having you know some health issues, but we did get some good news health-wise for Taylor. So he's turned the corner. It looks like we, we have turned the corner on, on Taylor's health, and I'm sure he'll be back ASAP as soon as he's well enough to join us, and Yay. we're looking forward to that day. Um, but Best um, Yeah. New policy here at Drag Race Recap, the main show. And I think it brings up topics I want to talk about. And uh, I gave a little bit of a talk about this uh, on Patreon. Starting here, starting now, this show is going to be, I don't know if I'd call it clean. It's not clean. I'm still going to say fuck and shit and, and all that. But more like we're not going to have sex talk on the show anymore. Uh, we've gotten not a large number of complaints, but it seems to be now any complaints we get about this show, okay, uh, in particular, the show you're listening to, you download on iTunes, is that the show is too dirty or it's too gross. And it's something that I've been thinking a lot about because 
I think the audience is changing. And it's, it's been an internal struggle, Evan, I'm going to tell you. Because on the one hand, now just so you know, this is the policy. So this is the official policy. Mm-hmm. And okay, does it annoy you when you hear my chair squeak in the background? I keep meaning to put WD forty in there. It's my chair. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's my chair. Oh, oh holy anyway, you bastard. <laughs> so um, what I was gonna say is, here's the official policy headline: No more sex talk on the main show. Any, but that, but on Patreon, oh, it's gonna be just nothing but fucking over on Patreon, right? Think of Patreon now as Drag Race Recap After Dark. But, um, and because if you think about it, you have to opt in to Patreon. And so now you know this going in, and, 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 but on the main show where you just download for free on iTunes, uh, no more sex talk. It's done. Now, that's not to say that I'm happy about this new policy, even though I made the new policy, because I have an internal struggle. And Evan, I want your thoughts on this. On the one hand, I recognize that RuPaul's Drag Race, the television show, has evolved. From season one, when it was a, a, a subversive show about men who wear dresses, and drag is a subversive art form, that I've always realized that, you know, drag queens have very frank talks about sex and i mean even like their sex jokes are so corny and like on the nose but they have very very frank i mean look at even the show still to this day has it with like sitting on a secret but like uh you know you go to a drag show at a bar and it's very dirty would you agree with that evan it's very dirty yes very very dirty and and uh sex humor is subversive and drag humor is subversive and drag is subversive and so it makes sense that they go hand in hand makes sense that drag queens are friends with porn stars Okay, But as the show has evolved, and especially as it's gone from Logo to VH1, it seems that the audience has expanded to, uh, one, straight people, two, uh, older straight people, but also very young straight people, and also very young gay people. And so now there are a lot of under-18-year-olds who watch RuPaul's Drag Race, and it's getting younger and younger every year. In fact, I just saw a, a, a sneak preview today, I don't know if you saw this, where they're coming out with a children's cartoon. Did you see this? No, I have not. It's almost like My Little Pony. It's going to be on Wild Presents, and it's with RuPaul and Bianca and Valentina and oh Detox and, and Latrice. Ten-year-old me, if only. Yeah. And it's basically like a, like a My Little Pony takeoff, send-off. Anyway, send-up, sorry. And um, so the, the audience is getting younger and younger. There's a children's book reading section where drag queens read to children at DragCon. There was one last year, and there'll be this year as well. So the audience is, is becoming more family-oriented. And so I'm, I'm and also, there's another part of this too, I don't know if you know this, is, you know, I run a nonprofit that teaches kids. Uh-huh. And one of the people that I work with uh, messaged me and said, what's the name of your podcast? I have a student here who loves RuPaul's Drag Race, and she wants to listen to it. And I said, well, FYI, it's very, very not safe for work. And she was very like, whatever, this kid's 16, she can handle, right? But I, it, it opened my mind that a lot of younger kids are listening. And uh-huh. so that's going to be the new policy on the free show. Again, Patreon will not change. If anything, Patreon might get dirtier, okay? But the free show now, from here on out, will have no sex jokes whatsoever. What are your thoughts on that first, Evan Ayers? Patreon, Gerd, your loins. Um, I have very complicated thoughts, and f- for the sake of not rambling for too long, I support you in this new policy, and I think that as a friend, but also someone who's involved in this the, the create production side of this show, I think it's 
smart and I think that it's something that we could do less of. So I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. I get that. My problem is that this is where we start to like, I don't want to say bend like what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. It's kind of like taking drag and like saying what, what drag is, what drag shouldn't be, you know, Mm -hmm. as RuPaul's drag race becomes this huge phenomenon, it's reached to all it's, it's, you know, coming into all these different, you know, demographics and into their homes and it's introducing people to drag queens that they maybe have never seen before. And so it's, it's this thing where the show itself is inherently very sexual still. I mean, even like, you know, things like the snatch game, like that, that statement is a sex joke mm-hmm. and people don't even realize that maybe they do. But, um, and so I think there's just a, a taste level, I think, or maybe a, an awareness that parts of drag will always have this subversive, this, um, undertone of sex or of like a sexual suggestion. But I think drag race has gotten really good at making it a very light suggestion without actually saying it, which is why I think it's okay that kids watch it and they may not, it's almost like when I was a kid and I watched Will and Grace, I got maybe 12% of the jokes, but I still enjoyed <laughs> it. Um, so I think this is a good thing. I, you know, part of me, I, as a gay man, like sex jokes are pretty, uh, pretty prevalent in our, my day to day vernacular with other gay men. So it's, I don't know. Are you getting my, pro- are you getting why I'm like, it's a little tricky? No, I get it. And that's what, that's the other, that's what I've been struggling with yeah. because what I've been struggling with is, Drag is supposed it to be feels, a, drag is a fuck you. So like, who well, are you to exactly. tell? Who are you to tell me what I can and can't say? But also, drag is a fuck you. But also, maybe like, fuck you smartly or like have some. You know, maybe it's too easy now to just make that stupid sex joke. Find a way to make it clever or to make. You know what I mean? That's me. well, yeah, yeah, and that's and that's my challenge now. But you know what it is is. It it is something. It, it does feel a little bit like I'm giving in. That I am, you know, and I can relate this to. I'm sure RuPaul feels the same way about her take on trans issues and what she said about trans issues, because you know, uh, 20 years ago, you know, they were trannies, and they and she has a and, song called the, Tranny Chaser. Yeah, they were called trannies, and and it was sort of like a joke in the drag community, you know, mm-hmm. and. Now she's she got a lot of blowback, and I'm sure there's an p- element of her that's like, fuck, I don't want that, wants to fight. There's the vixen inside of her that wants to fight, but she realizes for the good of the show, she has to back down. And that's sort of how I feel here, in that, like, it feels like we had our own little playground, and now the heterosexuals have come in and taken over, and they're like, I don't like that you do this, I don't like you do that, but I'm gonna, 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 gonna do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's this now heteronormity coming into the show. You know, there is a city out here in Orange County, California called Laguna Beach. And it's a beautiful, beautiful city. Okay. And for a long time, for many years, it was an artist colony. Well, a lot of gay people are artists. And so the only people who lived in Laguna Beach, maybe because it was so isolated, I have no idea why, were artists, many of them gay. It was a very, 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 very gay city. And as is often the case in areas where people don't want to live first the gays move in and they and they fix everything up and then the hipsters move in because they like what the gays have been doing and then you have the yuppies who come in and take over huh then the gay hipsters come in yeah and then the yuppies come in and they uh you know take over and 
I sort of feel that's what's happening here. We're in we're in a sort of weird gentrification of the podcast, where now it's like, well, don't talk like that. That's offensive to me. You said this, and you said that, and everyone's feelings are really hurt because you know I make make a sex joke or they think it's gross or I'm driving to home or I'm trying to eat and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that. And they have, you know, it's, it's flattering that they like the show enough that they want they feel that they're a part of it and they want it to be more what they want. But I, I will say, even though the policy is official, because luckily I have an outlet and Patreon, but it does sort of feel like I'm giving in and it, yeah. it bothers me. It, 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 Cause I do feel, you know, you can go on any podcast and there are straight guys and straight comedians can be as dirty as they fucking want to be. And, you know, that's the thing is, is there is a sort of, um, turning they, they people like people like gay culture. A lot of straight people like gay culture, but they want to desexualize it. They want to remove the claws out of it. They don't want to remind that it's a, it's a sexuality and that it's sexual. And so what they do is they like, well, can't you just be the gay guy who's flouncy and cute and asexual? That's what we like. Does that make sense? We like that part. Mm-hmm. And like, and I'm, this is no shade towards Ross or Carson, right? But can't you just be Carson and Ross and like be super gay and sort of like be the sort of like magical gay fairy who fixes all the straight people's problems and then goes away, but we don't think about you as a complete human being? And when you actually show us that you are a human being with sexual desires and sexual energy and sexual humor, it bothers us. And so could you please not talk about that and put it in our face? That's sort of how I feel right now. I feel very the vixen. I feel like they're poking the bear, so to speak. Ugh. And um, and so, yeah, it does bother me. It does bother me. Uh, but I'm doing it because, like, like I said, if you want to hear it, it still exists. Pay the one fucking dollar to hear it over on Patreon. Yeah. But you, unfi- you, you can take the trash out of the hooker house, but you can't take... That wasn't a good pun. Um, no, I totally feel you. And I... I, I have, we could do a whole we could do a whole episode about this because even now I'm just like kind of brainstorming like my thoughts on all this. Well, why don't we continue on over at uh, yeah. you know if you're on Patreon you'll hear this over on Form Decor after the show. But this week the girls sass RuPaul and get slapped for their insolence. Aquaria moves her makeup station. Cameron, I don't know why that was a big deal on the show. Cameron suddenly shows up for season ten and the girls must sing live for their lives in Share the unauthorized musical. During the performance, the vixen just performs as the vixen, and Asia O'Hara forgets the words. In the end, Cameron Michaels was named the winner of the challenge, while the vixen and Asia were forced to face off in a lip-sync battle for their lives. After all was said and done, Asia lived to see another day while the vixen was asked, finally... To sashay away, Evan Ayers. Name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Oh, boy. Okay. First thing, because I, I want to beat you to it. I did not like, I loved this mini challenge. Quite possibly one of the best mini challenges like in, this, in the show's entire run. I have watched it probably ten times since the, the bit was released, and I laugh every time. It's just, it is such a silly, like, I think it's it's like a refreshing, like, change from like the reading challenges which are typically very funny but there was no expectation with it and so it was like so so funny and the fact that Rue actually hit Asia and seemed to be sorry but was kind of like whatever about it very Mm -hmm. funny to me um I thought Aquaria was was killer and then I also really really liked the the guest judges I thought that this was there was a joke back in 
season seven, I believe, the first episode, that the judging panel with Kathy Griffin and someone was like the gay Mount Rushmore. This was literally gay Mount Rushmore. Like, I couldn't, I, there was no perfect people to have for a glitter theme runway and for a share. Um, I really enjoyed that and their perspective. Um, the only thing I didn't like was that they didn't have freaking Chad Michaels, either as a guest judge or at, or as like a mentor. Like, who knows more about impersonating Cher than Chad Michaels? And he was also a drag queen. It was really surprising to me that they would not, or that she wasn't featured on this episode more than just, you know, the video clips. But I loved this episode and I'm, I'm, I think as they say, gagging. Um, you brought up some very good points. Well, one, I can, I can repeat what you like. Yes, this mini challenge. Yes, I loved, loved the mini challenge. I know people who've also watched it who just agree that it's like, it's, it's, I'm afraid to say that it's my, the best mini challenge I've ever had on the show because I'm, I'm sure there's one that I also liked. Um, but it's, it's up there. It's, it's in the top there. three. It's up there with like the housewives, the plastic surgery from season seven. And mm-hmm. but, yeah, it's good. Sorry. I like the ones not, not and not for the eye candy reason. I just think it it mixes eye candy with a uh, a game. But like whenever they have things where they have like a lot of pit crew, remember when they have like the, they'll bring in like extra pit crew and they'll do like um like when they do like uh what they get to like play memory and match who oh, has the matching underwear or something like that. Like yeah 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 those little games where they have to play. Ga- what what I'm getting at is I tend to like games that are real games. You know, so when it's like a real game of chance, like the memory one or like, uh, I don't know, some real game. I'm not a big fan of the, the quick looks ones. I'm not usually a big fan of those. But uh, but this challenge, oh, my goodness, it was really, 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 really good. Um, and so that was, yeah, it's a great challenge. Uh, another thing I liked about the episode, you know, I actually, you know, they've, they've done this unauthorized musical before when they did it with Kardashian, and that was horrible. Okay. Um, this one wasn't necessarily great, but it was a way better format than... Um, than uh, than the Kardashian one, it it suit it it felt right, yeah. And also, and they should do that more often. Like they pick a diva and they just sort of do her life story uh, in song, but um, and have the girls play the diva. But you know, the other part though, and I, I'm going to name three things I liked, and I'll, I'll get to this more when um, I'll make it a teaser. I particularly liked the lip sync song this week. Not because of it, I mean, it is a fun bop, you know, but, uh, come on, it, millennial it, term, bop. I know. I learned it from you and from my uh, baby drag race fans, but also, um, uh, it, it plays an important part in RuPaul's history. I'm surprised they didn't bring that up. And that's why I was like, whoa, it, it was a weird thing. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that when we get to the lip sync song. Okay. And, um, what I didn't like, um, Wow. Um, you know what? I'm going to jump on what you said. I mean, you, cause there wasn't really much to hate about this episode. Because even Todrick, who I usually like make fun of, mm. was fine this episode. He showed up prepared. Everyone, he seemed to be in a good mood. And everyone seemed to benefit from Todrick's advice, you know? She was a little sassy, um, but like, that's what you He mean. was a little sassy, but not, not in the extra way he was in All Stars 3. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, not in that weird, I'm trying to be funny on camera kind of way. Right. It seemed more like he was trying to engage with them. But, um, 
Okay, so uh, what I didn't like then, yeah, you're right. They should have had Chad Michaels. They would. They Ruse made it very clear she won't have a drag queen on the judges panel. Okay, so that's done. But last week they had Bianca Del Rio come in the workroom during the table visits. You're right. Why not have Chad Michaels come in Alyssa during? Edwards, Alyssa Edwards helped choreograph that number in All Stars three. Yeah, why didn't they have Chad Michaels come in during the table visits? Very, very interesting. Didn't think about that. Evan Ayers, very good point. After Monique's elimination, the Vixen wipes off Monique's lipstick mirror message. Eureka and the Vixen fight some more about fighting. Asia has a mustache under that mask. Monet is bitter about losing the snatch game. And the Vixen is angry that the girls don't give up their dreams for her dream. And I feel like, unfortunately, Vixen, but everyone... Well, let's be clear for me. I did not want, nor have I ever Asia attacked your character or anything about you as a person. But you attacked my dream. It's all of our dream, baby. No matter what anybody's reason for saying it, it don't feel good. It doesn't, but I'm so not mad at let you. let me have my feelings. The next day, Asia challenges Cameron to an arm wrestling challenge, and RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge now i did actually tack on as well two of my favorite re uh reads or slap moments with rupaul even though there was one i didn't put in but i'll tell you why in a second so for today's mini challenge we're gonna play a game of slap out of it (laughs) each of you will come up with super sassy lines that will motivate me to fake slap the crap out of you (laughs) And the queen with the most compelling reactions wins. They call you mother, but at your age, shouldn't it be great? <laughs> I don't like the way that was going. <laughs> you got something to say to me? You hit like a girl, too bad you don't look like one. <laughs> now that was good. Oh my God. Oh, I'm so Okay, so look, there was another, those were two of my favorites. I also really loved when Aquaria said the year she was born. Um, but the problem is it, was, it didn't play well audio-wise. It's mm-hmm. a very visual moment. That's why I didn't put it in. She's so um, smart. Asia O'Hara took one on the chin and won the mini challenge. RuPaul then announces this week's maxi challenge. So for this week's maxi challenge, you'll be starring in Cher, the unauthorized musical. Oh. Each of you will portray Cher from a different era of her epic career. And get this. You're going to be singing live. No lip syncing. Cameron, you'll play 60s Cher. Monet Exchange and The Vixen. You'll each play different 70s variety show shares. Aquaria? Disco share. Woo! <laughs> Asia O'Hara, movie star share. Eureka, rock star share. Ooh. Oh. Miss Cracker, comeback share. All right, Evan Ayers. Let's 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 break it down. There's a lot going on here in this act. Um, first, let's talk about that first moment when Vixen is talking about her dream and whatnot, and, and they attacked her dream. What were your thoughts in that moment? Ugh. My thoughts on that are that 
I understand perhaps why she felt that way. But as someone who, again, I, I've never been in the, the environment that Drag Race, like, you know, kind of puts a contestant in mentally. But how could, like, how could, I don't understand how she doesn't realize in saying, oh, but you attacked my dream. That as if she's the only one who's there because she, like, has had this goal for, you know, however many years the show has been on. Like, just get over yourself, honestly. And I feel that's, I, and I hate saying that because, again, I, I don't think that she is a terrible person, but that's just a really dumb thing to say. And also, you know that question is coming. That is, a, that is every season, no matter how, like, you know, how Kumbaya, like, the cast is, they always ask you who should go home and why. If you choose to take it personally, that's on you. But the way that she reacted, I thought, was, was really telling of her, um, her, th- mental perception of how she was doing in the competition and i just i mean i've never been crazy about her but that just that really annoyed me well you know i think the, the as we've seen it before but it's, it's very telling today it happened later on tucked as well is the vixen i wouldn't say it's to the level of like uh like donald trump but there she has a narcissistic personality and a narcissist often thinks it's all about them. I used a term, I think, on Rulaska Thoughts or somewhere, that she was a solipsist. And a solipsist mm-hmm. believes that the self is the reality. And so she just thinks it's all about her and the universe, the universe centers around her. And so she thinks it's about her dream. Everyone else in the competition is a cipher, just meant there to be either as an obstacle to her dream or to help with their dream. But they don't have dreams of their own. You know, mm-hmm. and the same thing like, later on in the on Untucked, as we see, because she's eliminated, she's crying in the ch- in the workroom because of all the people who will be disappointed that she didn't go farther and they looked up to her. It's, it's a we that's a weird it's a leap weird in thing. logic to go to where like, oh, people are going to be so disappointed because I didn't go farther. Like all these people and they're going to think and that they're and that they're going to then see her not succeeding and then mean that they can't succeed because she couldn't succeed. It would it's a weird leap in logic. So, it's I think it's one of these things where it, in her in her mind, her reality is the reality shared by everybody else. Yes. Her and reality, that if you yeah. if you don't want her to win, then you are her enemy. It's it's a very very strange it's a, it's a very strange thing to look at, to to think about. Um, okay, what about also uh, now the mini challenge we've discussed? Do you have anything else to say about the mini challenge that we haven't uh, really broken down in detail? I have to get this one joke out before I forget. Um, okay, what do you? A great drag name I just thought of would be Narcississy. She's a narcissist, and drag queens are narcissists. That's all I really have to say. Um, go on. I'm glad I'm glad you got that out. I'm Thank glad. you. I, I feel better. I feel like I was like you know that meme of that kid like with like he's sitting in class and like the veins are popping out of his forehead i was like sitting here dying to get rid of that go on um uh, and then also the, the did you have anything else to say about the mini challenge though um the only thing i would say is i thought the best the best read or the best bit was bonnet exchanges and i can't tell if rue i think rue actually was laughing at what he said um but i just thought his was he was like oh like rupaul you wear it i uh. thought that was very funny oh really i thought it was kind of lazy i'm not gonna lie hmm yeah, and I didn't. You know what? To be honest with you, I feel like the the far, the farther we go into the competition, the less funny Cracker gets. Yeah, I have thoughts on that. Yeah, her 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 like the the Lady Bunny joke was very strange. Uh, I think she just wanted to do a Lady Bunny impression. 
And I think that she knows that RuPaul would like, or she thought that, that would like resonate well with Ru. The, to me, that is a joke you, you were doing if the mini challenge was staring contest with Ru and you to make her laugh. That's a good one too. You know, but th- that, but that's what maybe you would do. But why would that? Why would Ruth slap you about that? You would just say Miss Angie. Yeah. Um, and then, what did you think about this week's maxi challenge? We haven't gotten into maxi, yeah. but what do you think about the concept of the maxi challenge? Okay, so before watching it, I was terrified because on the heels of All Stars three, my thought was, oh my gosh, they are going to make these queens dress up or you know embody share. And have Cher sing RuPaul songs, much like they did the Divas thing on. Oh um, yes, you're right. It's, and I was okay, like, you're right. I, and I was like, they're of course they will, but and that the, and I was that to me was just gonna was would have been very absurd and disappointing. But I was pleasantly surprised to hear that it was not that. Um, and I, I mean, what a great concept for a mini challenge, and, and the only or for a main challenge, and the only thing else that I would really have to say is that. It is so clear that they have tried to get Cher on this show so many times. Like, if this is not, like, a cry for, like, please love us and come on our show, then I don't know what else is. Do you agree? Um, like, they're so clearly sucking Cher's proverbial penis. Yeah, but it hasn't, it hasn't worked for Madonna. Um, I think they're more likely to get Madonna than Cher. I don't, I don't feel Cher feels the... I don't think Cher feels she needs the validation. Like, I think Madonna still tries to, like... You know, if they get Gaga on or Kylie Minogue on, then Madonna may be like, okay, I need to be on now. You know, I feel yeah. Madonna still has that in her. I feel Cher's way past that. Like, Cher's like, ugh, why am I going to go all the way to Simi Valley for a whole fucking day and give up a day to watch a bunch of drag queens? Like, yeah. I can just sit and I can see my castle in Malibu and uh, tweet at and Kathy look at the Griffin. ocean. Yeah, and hang out with Kathy Griffin. Yes, what were you going to say, Evan? Yes, I, from last week's episode, I was the one that told you about Simi Valley, and I'm very proud of that. Okay, thank Sorry. you. Evan has been kind of up in his feelings because Jay makes me laugh. Is this true, Evan? He makes you laugh, which is great, but he's also good. Like I, lo- that was such a great episode, so I can't even be mad. I was, I was, I'm so proud to hear it. I'm so proud to hear it. <laughs> in the workroom, the queens all take a shot at their best share impressions before RuPaul enters for a round of table visits. Cameron is trying to stick out of the pack. Monet has a deep voice. Eureka is unfazed by her feud with the Vixen. Ms. Cracker's age jokes don't land. Aquaria tries her hand at singing, and the Vixen reveals her true feelings about her place in the competition. You have a little bit of a history of conflicts here. Yeah. What do you think that is? I like to take things head on because I'm like, no, be real with me. What's going on? Yeah. How can you incorporate that into your character? Because I'm going to have to be feisty. Mm-hmm. You think so? Uh, uh, uh. I think Cher would throw a glass or two every once in a while. Sure, sure. Sure, <laughs> sure. You had beef with Eureka. Have you guys had a come to Jesus moment? Not at all. I feel like it's better knowing who your friends are and who your enemies are. Apparently, I don't have a friend here. Because you see, all the girls want me to go home. All right, Evan Ayers, uh, your thoughts on everything that happened in this act. So, I mean, not just the Vixen, but Eureka and the Monet and the Cameron and the Vixen and Miss Cracker and all that Aquaria. Uh-huh. Um, not to harp again on the Vixen, but like, homegirl, stop taking it so, like, seriously. It's so interesting that she is so confrontational with other people but the second that it's kind of reverse and she's vulnerable she just kind of lashes out i just don't 
I I feel bad for her because I I can't imagine that she loves that she is behaving this way. Um, and yeah, Ms. Cracker is uh, I've decided is the Susan Lucci of this season, and mm-hmm. she is like really going for she's up for you know she's nominated she's going up for it, but just things aren't lining up for her in the way that I think that she thinks, and it was a bummer like, not a bummer, but she clearly like knew that Rue wasn't into her little jokes, which is probably annoying, but yeah. And it's great. And who knew Cameron was on the show? I know. Like, Oh, who's this new? Did did they bring in a new contestant onto the show? Yeah. It's one of these things where like, I've been wondering to people privately, I don't have ever said it on the show is how are they going to start working Cameron into this show? Like he, he's, he's, he's had no storyline on the show up to this point. So I was wondering, how are they going to start trying to, effortlessly transition him into the show. Actually, I think they did a fair job for him having no presence for the first seven episodes. They've done a fair job of it, but um, it well, still they, seems like he just suddenly appeared. Well, and they also have the luxury of there. there's this huge gap missing from Monique Hart, which was this, who was a huge narrator and like presence, you know, on the confessionals. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they had plenty of not space to fill, but there was more opportunities to use content maybe that she was providing. So, well, yes, and I and I have a note for this. I was going to mention later, but we can mention it now. Boy, do you feel the loss of Monique Hart on this episode? Oh and God. do you miss that voice? I miss America. The... I told you. Facts are facts. Can we just? You're say gonna the need F-word? me. One, two, three. Mm. I scream. <laughs> I love her. But um, and Ms. Cracker, I think what they were hoping would be funnier than she is. I, I mean, those jokes that she ran by Rue during the table visit. Ooh, not not super funny, like a like super on the nose. I would love to see K- uh, Cracker's act. Here's what I think: I bet you Cracker's act that she's been polishing is very funny. Mm-hmm. But I think I feel like she's the kind of person. This is not a, a knock on creativity. Certain people have certain strengths, and there are people who have to. I've seen comedians like this that when you first see them do their their joke for the first time. It's horrible. And then they workshop it. And then by the time it actually makes it to a real paying audience, it's amazing. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think she's one of those people. I think she's one of the people who have to workshop her jokes, polish them, try this out, try that out, study it, analyze it. And then by the time it's done, it is a phenomenal piece. And I don't think that kind of skill set is good for this show where you have such a quick turnaround. Does that make sense? It does. Oh, especially so, for someone like her who was like she was such a big like force in the first episode or two. Like she you mm-hmm. know, and she almost won the first one. I think she has kind of gotten in her own head. And she's gotten in her head. You're right. You're right. She has gotten in her head. Now Aquaria Aquaria this comes up in Untug, but Aquaria seems to be just think that she can do no wrong. You know, we didn't pull on Tuck. Tuck seemed to be kind of uneventful today. But did you sort of feel like uh, uh, the the so there was a criticism sort of lobbed at, at Aquarius on Untucked that she thinks she's better than everybody. She thinks she's all that, and she really isn't. What was your take on that? Do you do you feel that Aquarius does feel that way? Um, so I will confess that I didn't see all of Untucked. I had some work stuff going on, but I will say that I do. I did catch this bit, and the general gist that I got is that Aquaria is super confident in herself, and I think, mm-hmm. like, it, to me, the conversations that I heard is coming from Miss Cracker, who was probably kind of much like how the Vixen, you know, was upset with Eureka last week, where she didn't do as well as she thought she did, and so she's 
her anger or her frustration is being channeled at someone who is who has been successful. Um, I did not. I don't think that that query is like overly conky or com- like overconfident. I think that I mean she may be very very vain and very full of herself, but mm-hmm. to her defense, she's been doing so well. Why not? Why not be confident? Like fucking pull a Demi Lovato. What's wrong with being confident? Well, you know what's so funny is. Uh, to go back to Untucked right now is, is they have a moment where I don't know if you saw this where uh, Eureka goes out with a smoke break with Cameron. Mm-hmm. Did, I don't know if you saw this, but they're talking and Cameron's like, "Oh well, um, I don't. I see Asia as my biggest competition, right?" And they were talking about Asia's performance in that episode, and Eureka goes, "Honestly, girl." I see you as my biggest competition. And I was like, oh, bitch, please. You want to fuck Cameron? It just felt so hard like Eureka wanted to get in Cameron's pants so badly. And I was like, oh, bitch, it's so, please, this is embarrassing. Like, she was just flattering Cameron. I'm all like, not that Cameron's a bad drag queen, but I don't think, even despite her presence on the show, no one would say that Cameron was their biggest competition at this stage in the show. Would you? Yeah, I know. Not even close. That's and if if I were Cameron and I heard Eureka tell me that, I'd be like, all right, this girl's full of crap. Like, yeah, we're done here. Yeah. Um, in rehearsal with Tondrick, Cameron doesn't know the words. The vixen gives some Dennis Rodman face. Cracker can't get her micography down. Asia forgets the words, and Eureka refuses to sing the words, which leads to a quiet confrontation with the vixen. Five, six, seven, eight, and got tired of in the same old move here. I can't hear her. I'm freaking it out. Don't keep down on yourself. Don't huff. I didn't make y'all. Ciao. All right, uh, Evan Ayers, what were your thoughts on, on the entire rehearsal segment with uh, Todrick Hall? Eureka does not do well with these kind of challenges. <laughs> Poor girl. Honey Boo Boo is not winning this piece of the pageant. Mm-hmm. Um, she's pulling the patch here, honestly. Um, I I empathize with her because I feel like, again, in that moment, it's probably very stressful. And, you, you again, it's so easy to just, like, I, in my, I'm, to what I understand, the amount of time that they have to work on these bits is so quick that, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to, like, judge her seeing this because it seems, you know, very out of very selfish but girl just just pretend just speak it you know like the fact that she wouldn't um like sing out loud like like everybody else said it just it it was a little divish and that's like you get to see a bit of that behavior that queens claim that she's really difficult to work with or it's the eureka show um but do you want to talk well, about I, her little her little anecdote or is that later what and are you talking about, about being a kid about being afraid of singing yeah yeah i want to talk about that right now i'm gonna mention i'm gonna like I was listening to them all. I don't buy it. I don't buy that story. It just sort of feels like every time Eureka is bad at something or makes a mistake, there's some traumatizing mirror moment experience that directly explains why that is. Uh Almost like in the beginning of time when it rained, it was because the gods were... Uh, you know, watering their garden, or when it's thunder, the gods are bowling. Like you have these like simple explanations for everything, you know. Yeah. And so it's like it's not just like oh, I don't know the fucking words, or I'm not, I'm not coordinated to sing and dance at the same time. It has to be that as a kid, someone made her sing, and she's traumatized. She's always traumatized. Yeah, I, 
I mean, who are we to say that if it's true or not? But I, this goes. I'm, I'm saying it's not true. Okay. I'm saying it right now. Yeah, I, it's so funny because when that happened, within seconds, I had several texts from friends who were like, "Oh my god, like please be nice to her when you record later." Um, oh really? Why? Well, just because it, it it did seem like very forced and very pushed, and I, and I think the and bottom line is that Eureka is really aware of how to be on this show. She knows mm-hmm. exactly what to do and what to say when the cameras are on her and when to make a moment. And whether or not it's true or not, I'm sure the producers love it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that did happen, that stinks. I personally was traumatized by my rap attempt on this show for last season. Mm-hmm. It was never that extreme, but... It- Let me ask you a question, though. Were you ever traumatized by this? <gasps> I'm trying to not let that traumatize me for those of you i think we i don't know if we've ever played this in the show uh we have a mutual friend who surprised evan at work and filmed himself shocking uh, evan and that was the sound evan made just loves to sneak up on me and every it like i'm on edge every day at work that stinker thank you for sharing that you're welcome little do you know that one time i was scared by my dad and he scared me so much that it turned into an altercation mm-hmm. and i've never been good about being i'm kidding sorry why Why are you sorry? Because I was trying to, like, do what Eureka did. I just... There's something about being scared when you're trying to sing and share on national television. I don't know. Also, forget that. No. <laughs> Can we please get you some improv classes? I'm sorry? Okay, now only I tell see, me about the thing tr- is, I, I'm funny when you don't when you don't try to make it funny. That's the problem. What's Jujubee say? I'm a funny bitch, but I don't write no jokes. Why do you think that is though? Jujubee or me? You. Um, I cop it up to a rough childhood. Um, Midlife crisis, depression, and terrible eating habits. No, I don't know. Sometimes, if I just think about it too much, then I see can... this is the kind of this is right now the kind of moment when I would want to go talk about uh, sex. To try, I'm all like, okay, we this is not going well. We need to talk about sex, and I can be better than that, Evan. All right, I can be better, better than and that. I can be better than it too. Forget this, eighty six. It. You know, Evan. I think I do know better than that. You know, I used to be. A, I was a stand-up comic for four years. I dated a famous stand-up comic. You would think that I would know that I don't have to rely on cheap sex jokes to get a laugh. I'm funnier than that. In fact, I would say that if you ask people what their favorite moments from the show are, none of them would be any of my sex jokes. Yeah, it's it's a crutch though. It's a crutch, and I have to learn to stop relying on that crutch. I think I think it's just one of these things when like. And I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of inferior stand-up comics when they're bombing in front of an audience. I've seen them try and do that, mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, that uh, I, I, it makes me sad because I think, oh, as much better as I think I'm so much better than they are. There are times when I'm not. That I also rely on those crutches. Joe Patance. And the stand-up comedy challenge, you really were the last comic standing. But on your taste level, you really sat down. 
I'm sorry, my dear, but you are up for censorship. It's Elimination Day, and the girls are getting ready for their live performance. Aquaria moves her makeup station to be closer to the other girls. Eureka is afraid, but Monet gives her a pep talk. Monet and Asia have some fun with each other, and Cracker revealed a startling fact from her childhood. Sometimes when we would go to school, we just had lunchboxes with no food in them. We what? Very, very poor. My mom, my mom wanted us to be sure to feel like we... Meanwhile, Eureka would show up with food with no lunchbox. Eureka... <laughs> looked like everyone else so we still had lunchboxes and everything but it just wasn't always food in them we were just desperate it was a really weird life but it made me super creative so meanwhile asia o'hara took the opportunity to give some advice to the vixen whatever happens between you and her i want to make sure it's because of eureka specifically and not something bigger than us that we really have no control over Okay, nobody take your feelings from you or tell you your feelings aren't valid. But make sure you understand why you're angry and what you're angry at. But the thing is, in a competition, when somebody's blissfully just sliding through, it is very stressful. I'm with you. I'm with you. But what's getting mad at her going to help the bits? And strength doesn't have to be vocal. The only person, people that need to know you're strong are you and them judges out there. All right, Evan Ayers, my cyber boyfriend, your thoughts on this Elimination Day segment? Ugh. If I didn't already like Asia O'Hara, mm-hmm. I... She is so... Thank, I'm so glad that she that they showed that moment. And I think mm-hmm. that Asia O'Hara was the kind of queen that was the right person to like have that conversation with her. And the way, the way that she spoke with her and the way that she said it was just so spot on. To what I think a lot of people are thinking, or, or, or why a lot of people have a problem with the vixen. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a really good moment, and you know, I think Asia O'Hara has kind of recently been in this little rut and like hasn't been doing so well in the competition. Mm-hmm. But I mean that that moment over there for me, like she is such a very like a very very like. If I were a contestant on Drag Race and she, and Asia O'Hara was there in the workroom with me, I would be terrified of her. But I I can't imagine how like meaningful that conversation would be coming from her you know mm-hmm. i'm a big i was that was very good i'm really glad they showed that and they brought up some very um important and uh relevant topics that it's interesting that this is the season that drag race is choosing to address it i uh, mean like aquaria moving her makeup station yeah why do you love that so much i love it because let me tell you this they didn't do the usual they were so short on time today that they didn't u- do the usual like the dun Dun dun. Oh yeah. Dun dun dun. They didn't do that. They just cut right to it. And yet they had enough time to show us Aquaria pushing her makeup station to another part of the room. And I was it was just so bizarre and so random that like that is like bad editing. Like why did that make it into the show? Not that that's less or more important than that uh than that little uh you know uh you know music segue mm-hmm. it's just it's just weird i don't know it, it's it's a weird moment it's weird i'm not very social but i chose a career that involves being social so i'm just gonna mosey my little makeup like that was just it was very bizarre they they can yeah. tell they love her and they know that people just want to see her all the time so whatever yeah just me i'm not hating it i'm just like oh it's so funny like 
I'm going to move my makeup. It was like a minute of her moving her makeup station. It was like a minute they could have used somewhere else. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, what, do, what do you think of the cracker moment? Yeah. I, that. So the bit with um, with Asia and the Vixen made sense because obviously they're like mm-hmm. setting it up for Vixen to go home. But it's kind of out of nowhere, I thought. It was a very strange um, like like story to, to share with them. And I'm not sure really why they did that. Because, she, I mean, Cracker talks about being resourceful, and she's mentioned in previous episodes, you know, her mom telling her to, you know, to pick up art from the streets, and it's kind of implied that they're not the most financially stable, but it was, um, I was confused as to where she was going with that. Well, the part that didn't make sense to me, like, what would being poor have to do with only watching TV, allowed to be watched, to, like, we were so poor, I was only allowed to watch TV for an hour a day. Yeah. You know, they don't, you don't watch TV based on the minute. You're like you watch TV for an hour today. We're gonna charge you five dollars. You, <laughs> oh, true. you can consume as much TV as you want. In fact, if you're poor, that the argument is often that those kids watch more TV because it's an easy babysitter. Oh yeah, and um, you know that you're so poor that you can't afford to do other things besides watch TV. So it, it was a bit, it's like we were only allowed to watch an hour of TV a day because I'm poor. What? That's not going to make any sense. No, the mom probably had other reasons for not having her watch TV, and that and they could have been edited that way. Maybe she wasn't saying that, yeah. but it was just, it was just a strange thing moment to put in there, uh, in that speech. Yeah, and the lunchbox bit was like very sad, like very you know, like sad. But again, I just I didn't know mm-hmm. what the what the end goal with sharing that was, and all I could think about was Monique Hart, who was like, "Bitch, I've been talking about being poor this whole damn season, mm-hmm. and now they show now they show this like America." America. You're facts are facts. My face I've been poor the whole time. Um, okay. Uh, me and talking about Asia and her, her conversation with the Vixen. I just pulled a small clip of it, but it was a much longer clip, a much longer discussion where actually Asia delivered some very uh, big truths to the Vixen that I thought that only Asia could do, not only because of her personality, but also being African-American and being able to relate to Vixen on that level. And it felt like for the first time, they did give the vixen sort of a redemption it sort of like felt like she was receptive to it mm. all right are you gonna play oh, on sorry. the main are you, sta- gonna, are you gonna play it i already played it oh yeah i didn't know if you were gonna play the longer bit no i totally no. agree though i agree and i again i was i like actually sat up when that conversation happened i was like holy shit like this girl is doing it or not doing it but this asia is truly saying what needs to be said and she's doing it in the right way which i think often on the show you see queens try to bring up issues and it just doesn't always get delivered in the way it it would be most beneficial if that makes sense on the main stage the queen performed the numbers live the vixen never became Cher and Asia O'Hara forgot the words by the way weird that it happened to be coincidentally Asia's number everybody else had a take on a uh, a Cher song we're gonna go over that in a second Except the one song, this is Dean Martin, that's Amori. Now, that was the sort of uh, the theme song, if you will, of the movie Moonstruck. And maybe they didn't have a, a, a share song that matched. But it was sort of weird. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so let's actually talk about the Rusical. Who, who was the first one up? The first one up was Cameron, correct? Yes. And uh, she sang the song, and it was a take on the, the 60s Sunny and Cher era. Uh, and I believe there was a little bit of this in there. The I Got You Babe was sort of the take they were doing on What was your take on um, Cameron's performance in this style of it? I'd rather listen to this than them singing it. Yeah, she, I mean, I was very impressed. But then again, I was also just impressed to be watching her on TV. Um, I thought she absolutely killed it. And who the hell, who was Sunny? I think like one of the dancers, or I don't know if the dancer or not, it was like some Asian man. They just, like, but then they had a different Sunny. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what about, then they did, uh, the next person, who was, oh, then it was Monet, correct? Mm. Yes, Monet was the next one, and on that one, they did the, uh, Half-Breed, the share song Half-Breed, take on that. Evan, what would your take on Monet exchanges? Uh? Um, I thought Monet did great. I I thought she, if she had won the challenge, I would have been very easily like satisfied with that as well. Um, Here it comes. Okay. Yeah, it was good. I, I'm sorry, I really don't have a whole lot. Yeah, I thought both Cameron and, and Monet were pretty good. I, I, I didn't have any complaints really about either one of them. They were doing the job at the best that they could, and they, yeah. they, did, they, did, they did a solid job, both of them. Okay, then the next one. Who was the next one after that? Do you know? Ugh. Um, it wasn't Cracker. It was... I actually don't know. Was it the Vixen? I truly No, because the Vixen was, like, I think... Oh, maybe it was the Vixen, and, and they were using... Oh, the wrong song here. Then they did... Let me see. I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was. Because Eureka is... So the, what they were doing was Dark Lady. Um, let me see. Who are the contestants? So we've done... Let's see here. I know the last one is Cracker. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then... That's Asia. Sorry. Yeah, it, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, this is this is Vixen for sure. And they, but they had her doing that wearing that out, outfit, and they, she was doing um, the one where she was with the Jackson Five. But the song they're making fun of, this one right here, is "Dark Lady." And so, what were you taking on? The, what were you taking the Vixen doing it? Uh, I, I I understood their criticism, but it was. Did they give them these costumes, or did they have to bring them? Oh wait, hold on. I, I think again, I guess, and we thought this in All Stars three when they did the same thing with the um, the Divas Challenge. The girls totally knew who they had, were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. They brought their own costume. and They were told you're going to be this era, and that's the one they brought. Um, I'm assuming that, yeah, yeah, yeah. because they were assigned the character. And I think they knew who they were going to be, but they, they pretended to be shocked in the in the workroom. 
Um, okay, so that means the next one actually was Aquaria, and she was doing the disco share, and this is the song they were doing a parody of. Take Me Home, which is, by the way, has been a lip sync for your life song. Evan, here's your quiz. It was. It was Detox versus Lanisha Sparks in season five. This is why we keep them around. Wow, you're really good. Did you recognize any of these songs when they were doing the parody of Yeah, I recognized Dark Lady and Take Me Home and a few. I mean, yeah, I did recognize most of them. I'm not like a huge share, like, no, and you don't even know. Like, Here it comes. Okay, so what was your thought on Aquaria uh, doing her her take on this? There's a disco number. That that outfit she was wearing was mm-hmm. very much like Met Gala 2018 realness. I thought she looked amazing. Um, I thought she did a really good job for someone who, like, you know, probably isn't a great singer. And she seemed to. She have... doesn't know it though. I'm sorry. She didn't know she's not a great singer. Does she think? Did she say that she thought she was a great singer? Yeah. Well, they kind of made fun of it that she thought she did was fine. Her singing was fine. Oh, I. Oy, oy, oy. Well, she can't be perfect. Um, I thought she did a really good job. I didn't understand that, that why she was in the bottom three this week. I thought it was a very um, interesting interpretation, and it was, I think, the best that Aquarius could do of being Cher, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was forgettable to me. To me, yeah. that was either safe or, I guess, bottom three. Who else would you have put in the bottom three instead? Who would you have swapped out? Um, I would have put Eureka. I would have put Asia and um, Vixen. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, think it's, I, think, I think this gets tricky real quick. I think the tricky thing with this is that Cher has, is done by so many drag queens that I think to impersonate Cher as a drag queen for a long time, like not was not was not like a faux pas, but it was so expected or predictable mm-hmm. that I think some of this like some of this just seems really cheesy because like it's what you expect a drag queen to do. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, but it, it, sometimes it's okay, I think, for the show to be on the nose a little bit. Okay, we we, we discussed Asia already, but let's. this was the song that they were doing to take. And this song's a big part of Moonstruck. Do you know this song, Evan? Um, yes and no. What do you mean, yes and no? You either know the song or you don't. I know what Moonstruck is, but I, I, I don't know if I... I don't you don't know I, this song? I don't think I picked up on it when it was... When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. Have you ever heard the song before? I've heard of it. I, if I have heard it, I don't know. I wouldn't know. Do you? Why do you feel right now that there's thousands of people right now banging on their stealing wheel and cursing no, 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 things that I know what, that Moonstruck. I know Moonstruck is like as a share song, but if you played it without wait. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. What did you say right now? I said I am a I know like I know that Moonstruck is associated with Cher. But if you, In what way? Um didn't she win an Oscar for it? Okay, so you realize it's a movie. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, yes. I I I am aware of that being a, a thing, but I if you played five Cher songs in a row and asked me to name each one, maybe I could, but I wouldn't that wouldn't be the first one that I would like immediately be able to identify. Oh, you wouldn't play That's Amore as one of Cher's songs? No. I don't think so. What do you think of Cher's performance here in That's Amore? When the stars make you drool Just like a pasta fuzzle That's Amore 
What do you think of that performance? I could use a more. Um, I, 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 that's so stupid. God. It's, it's Cher. I mean, Cher's great. I, I have nothing negative to say, but I just don't know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, like, you know all the big hits. I get what you're saying. So you're saying that you know all the big hits of Cher, like Dark Lady, Half Breed, and I Got You, Babe. You know those songs, right? Yes, Gypsies, Tramps, and... Oh, yeah, Gypsies, Tramps, yeah, and yeah. Thieves, yeah. But you don't know this song right here. That's Amori. No, I don't Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. I can't believe you don't know this share song. I'm share, bitch. I mean, I I've heard it before, and I'm, oh, you've I'm heard sure it before. I know that it is share, but I. To be fair, here's what I meant to say. Yeah, I didn't pick up that they were kind of mimicking or parroting that song in the challenge. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant. I know. Well, it's one of Cher's most famous songs. I'm Cher, bitch! Right up there with Oogaboo. I'm Cher, bitch! I love it. Cher doesn't sing like this anymore. I love it. But you know I wish she did. You're not dreaming. It's crazy. Like, doesn't even sound like her now. We mean does it sound like her? Me. Okay, let's. How ins- you're insulting Cher. So many people are just I'm not cursing insulting you out right now. Cher. Please don't put this in the show. I'm gonna feel stupid. All right. So the one more song we had Cracker, and she was doing. Um... Please don't put that in. I feel stupid. No, no. I, I really. Like, no, I'm don't. sorry. No, I just don't like that. I feel bad. I really don't know that song though. It's all right. It's gonna go in the show though. Uh, here we go. Cracker here. Uh doing uh, the one of the most famous share songs right Corey, you're, how can you be gay and not know this song right name this lip sync oh I can I'm share bitch oh can you really go what is it it's Shangela and Carmen Carrera and oh really Shangela did the first ever death drop on a lip sync oh what is that true well the first death drop on the show I never knew that I always thought Lagonda did the first death drop no 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 Shangie and Jane, season three. Oh, I did not know that. Is she going to jump from that? Okay, so um, Cracker's performance, your thoughts on it? Um, I thought Cracker looked like Lady Gaga in this. Is that weird to say? No. That was my only thought. I mean, again, it was fine. It was kind of forgettable. She was good. But, yeah, it was fine. She, I, I have, I don't have a whole lot of like intense thought. I thought the first two were really good, and the rest of them kind of all blurred together to me. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I'm with you. I, actually, I, I disagree with you in that I thought Eureka was really, really good and really, really funny and did a great job. But you're right. Other, other, than, the, other than that, um, the Vixens was not t- good. That was the worst one. Mm-hmm. But all the other ones blurred together to me. It's so interesting that they made them sing this. Like, I wonder what the dynamic or how they would have gone if they just had the lip sync. It just seems mm-hmm. like, like an unnecessary, like, additional thing for them to have to do, you know? Yeah. Okay. uh, Over on Patreon, I hosted an impromptu four-hour call-in show. Two twinks performed an entire baby edition of Drag Race Recap. Alex Lefebvre, my uh, future husband. Well, not future. Not not this future. He's already married. 
but another dimension. Join me on Rulaska Thoughts, and we had an amazing episode of RuPaul Radio. This week, writer Garrett Schlichty joins me on Rulaska Thoughts. Evan and I will host another edition of the Rumor Mill, and I will be broadcasting live from DragCon LA. To join at the $1 or $2 levels, head on over to... Uh, Patreon.com slash drag race recap. That's patreon.com slash drag race recap. And now it's time for the looks. All right, Evan. Let's talk about the looks. All right. Did you have any big takeaways from the looks? Uh, big takeaways. Um, top two for me by far was Miss um, Cracker. Okay. I did not understand it, but I thought she looked so good. I thought it was kind of like very editorial in a weird way, and she's always surprised me with how. Um, good or how strong her looks are for someone who is kind of like considers herself to be a comedy queen i thought mm-hmm. she looked phenomenal mm-hmm. um i thought aquaria again looked like someone that was going to the met gala and i thought that was a, mm-hmm. like whatever she's doing with her eyes like last week with the, the cyan and her like as the mermaid and then this week it's so like stunning to me mm-hmm. and what else did i think um yeah some of them it was i mean it was I don't. I'm surprised that they didn't. Um, what am I trying to say? Well, any, with any looks you didn't like, you're like, ugh, I hated that look. <sighs> I didn't love the vixens look. Neither did I, and, and I it was weird why. that they got a lot of praise. And yeah. she's like, she was like, oh, I spent 24 hours on this. Like, okay. What is Michelle? But she's like, got it. Still underwhelming. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just—it was very—it was very strange. She came in in cardboard, and she left in cardboard. Um, yeah, it was all fine. I thought Asia's was a little strange. I don't know what I—what I love about Asia though is that her drag is so campy. But this one—this was the first time that Asia's look to me was kind of just—it didn't—it wasn't cheap looking. It just—I didn't understand the direction that she went with like this clown moment. Hmm. Um, yeah. And that's the thing is, sometimes it was a little low on the glitter. I think what they were doing was paying homage to Bianca's uh, season seven uh, when she presented the award to look. Which, yeah. Which, by the way, I was there live for that, and it was blinding how much the light shone on it. It was amazing, actually, to see it in person. Um, and uh, like the TV didn't capture that, but um, I didn't get a lot of glitter. In fact, I would say the person who had the most glitter was Cracker. And she just had it a part of her head. Yeah, and I was thinking that too. I was wondering if glitter just doesn't show up great on in that lighting or those two. Like, I'm sure maybe it would look different in person. But if you if you show me stills of all those looks, I don't know if I would have immediately caught that the the theme was just glitter. Mm-hmm. It's a very like broad well, thing. Well, I I got the sense that. Uh... No, no, I'm sorry. Not that I got the sense. I I was kind of uh, sick of seeing Eureka with the same wig. That loaf on her head? Yeah. What is it with I feel that like loaf? It's, it's, it's always, I feel like, the same wig. And once again, it was uh, it was there. That, that was 
that was uh, the same look. Uh, they, uh, I could not stand Monet's look. Monet's look was awful. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. I don't. And know usually, what... I don't see things right away. And I saw the tape even when I saw it. So, like, if I saw the tape, then that means um, they clocked it, that immediately. Yeah, yeah it's so interesting because again, that's sh- I don't just her drag is just not. What she's done so far on the show, it's there's always just something a little off, and this one was was very mm-hmm. off. I think I think if her look was really strong, she probably would have won that challenge. Mm-hmm. Me thought, uh, yeah, it was was not solid. But Cameron looked pretty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was. They were all. I mean, it was it was a fine look or a fine theme generally. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm not being very more helpful here, but um. They had this weird conversation in Untucked afterwards about like how some of them thought that they weren't actually wearing glitter, that it was more of like sequins. Or did you catch yeah. it on Untucked? I caught a little bit of it. It's very interesting. And I like I didn't even notice that to begin with, but that was fine. Okay. Any other thoughts on the looks? Any other big looks you want to talk about? Any other looks you are there, anything you want to talk about in terms of the looks? I'm like really trying to think of something funny, like a funny pun to do like you did with Jay last week, but they're all gonna flop. Um. Yeah, I no, thought... no. Go ahead, share. Trying to glitter. I just met her. See, that's so stupid. Um. Yeah, I got nothing. And that's the looks. <laughs> Sorry. Would you agree though? Like there were again, like the challenge. There were two that were really good, and the other, the rest of them were just were fine for me. I, I don't know. Um, okay, here we go on the main stage. Cameron Michaels and Eureka won praise for their performances, while Asia, the Vixen, and Aquaria were placed in the bottom three. In the end, the Vixen and Asia were forced to face off in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song... We're going to dance. We're going to dance. Groove is in the Heart by D-Light. In the end, Asia O'Hare was told Shantae you stay. While the Vixen was asked to sashay away. Evan, any final thoughts on the episode? Uh, great. Any final thoughts on the episode? Go ahead. My thoughts? uh, Yeah, so I agree this is a great song for a lip sync. And I guess we can say this now because it's been aired. But there was this rumor for a long time that we've been, you know, kind of milling over on the rumor mill that uh, Asia would send the Vixen home and that but in doing yeah. so it was like a very emotional like lip sync and she was crying or whatever and so I kept waiting for that and so like when I was watching it I I think I was watching expecting something bigger to happen and it just didn't um, but I thought it was a good lip sync and this was the first time we've seen Asia lip sync right yeah I think so yeah yes yeah uh, my only my only problem is that they didn't get a freaking chair song Come on. Oh, well, but you know what? They got they did get. Uh, I missed the chorus. All right. Anyway, um, you know what? So here's what I want to talk about this song. This song is actually very important in the story of RuPaul. Oh, yeah. Share this. I don't know this. It Yes. Share it. All right. There you go. You got a, a share reference in. Okay. So, um... 
this song, so RuPaul moved in the same circles, was friends with D-Light. They were in the gay, like, New York scene, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she knew them. And so when this was a fucking hit song, she was low-key jealous. Wait, hold on. Oh, that's the rap part. Uh, she was low-key jealous, and she was like, well, what the fuck? Are they have a hit song. I could have a hit song. And that's what inspired her to do Supermodel uh, of the World. Really? Yes. it was. She's talked about this before. She knew them, and she was like... She thought I could if they, if if D Light could do this I could do it, and so she knew them, and so that's why that's why she did Supermodel of the World. So this song is an important part of the RuPaul history. Interesting. Yeah. Any other final thoughts on the episode? Anything we missed, Evan? Um, yeah, my only major thought was that I think this seemed like a very justified, and um, it was a very t- it was time for the vixen to go. I think we've mm-hmm. talked about how she should have gone home, or she was meant to go home last week. Um, and yeah, I think we we her story was complete here, and mm-hmm. I not to be mean, but I don't think I'll miss I'll miss that negativity on the show. I'm just wondering how they're going to bring storyline to the show. The only thing I, you know, yes, the Vixen, time for her to go. They did it well. They 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 honored her and they didn't make it mean about it. But um, I want to talk about Andrew Rannells. Have you ever seen like a really really fat person and you can see like the little like um, face in their big giant face because they're so fat, you know? The face in the face? Like, yeah, you'll see, like, a tiny little... Like, like, you'll see a big, fat head, but then you see the tiny little face in the big, fat face, you know? Mm. Because, um, I feel like Andrew Rannells, who's not fat, has that. He has, like, a little, tiny face, but then, like, a big head. But he's not fat. It was very odd. I couldn't stop staring at it. It looked like... There was like a little midget Andrew Rannells and a normal sized human ate him and and his face appeared in his head. It was super, super strange how how strange he looked in, on the on the panel. It was very, very strange. They put, but they like, were fine. They put a Snapchat filter on his face. Yeah, you know what? That's what it looked like. Yeah, there's there is a Snapchat filter that does that. Yes, you're right. There is completely a Snapchat filter that does that. Um, also, during the rehearsal, we got to see. I don't know if it's the first time, but one of the few times that we've seen um, Cracker's real hair. Not real oh. hair, but like her hair, un like not pulled back. Mm-hmm. Like she had it like hanging at, down. You know, she let it out, and I was like, why did she have her hair like that? Why does she or doesn't she? No, why does she have her hair like that? It, it, choices. I didn't hate uh, to, it. To, I like it more quote, than the little oh. the baby bun that she does in her confession. Oh, it's way better than the baby bun, but why even do that hairstyle at all? Uh, ask her at DragCon. Maybe I will. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Join us next week and every week as we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. So, for Evan Ayers and myself... Sashay away until next week. And thank you for sharing this episode with me, Joe. Get it sharing.
want to share your thoughts about Drag Race, email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. If you want to help the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher we move up in the rankings, and that helps the show find a bigger audience. If you want to help the show even more, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content not available on the main podcast feed. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit us at our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram and Twitter at PIMC Taylor. Want to hear me talk about Drag Race even more? Well, then listen to me on One on One with Larry Flick every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, exclusively on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 on Sirius XM Radio. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at catchinguppodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's J O E. B-E-T-A-N-C-E. 